Hey everyone, welcome back to Fringe and Flourish. I'm your host, Laura Magruder, and today I'm joined by Jackie Minnis, owner of Minnis Bookkeeping. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of creating systems in your business. So hi, Jackie. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Hi. So, Jackie, you're the onus, uh, you're the owner of Menace Bookkeeping, which is located in the Raleigh-Durham area. You've been an accountant for 20 years, and you focus on serving local small businesses. Um, you're also a QuickBooks online professional. And anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we serve uh, lots of different uh, industries um, and uh, all over the country. So it's fun to to be able to serve a bunch of different types of businesses. Uh, kind of keep you know keeps our uh, keeps us on our toes and and uh, you know keeps keeps bookkeeping interesting. Yeah, and you're not doing the same thing every single day. Well, that's right. Yeah, different companies. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I know we briefly talked before about. You know, I wanted you on this podcast because you offer a little bit different perspective than the other people that I've interviewed. You know, we talked about, about this is something that I've really struggled with in my own business is creating these systems and doing the bookkeeping. It's something that, you know, I've had my own conversations around money, and I think this is a very neglected portion in mm-hmm. small businesses. Um, so what do you feel like you add to small businesses? What do you feel like your role is um, in helping small businesses be successful? Well, so what I hear all the time, at least a few times a week, uh, is from small business owners, especially, you know, businesses maybe under a year or two old, they come to me and they say, you know, I had this great idea for a business and I just ran with it. And I said, I'm going to figure the rest out later. I'll figure out the marketing later. I'll figure out the money later. I'll figure all that stuff out later. And then it gets to be later and they're drowning and they don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know if they've made any money or not. They know they have money in the bank, but then, you know, next day they don't, they don't know why. And, um, uh, so they, they, they figure out, they'll, they'll figure this, you know, that kind of stuff out later. And so, um, you know, that's not exactly the, the best way to do it, but, you know, that happens a lot. So, um, you know, what we like to, to try to make business owners understand is, you know, if you can't uh, understand your financials and you don't, um, you don't know how to read a financial statement or um, you don't know where you're spending money or, or what revenue stream is bringing in the most money, um, how can you really grow your business and how can you scale um, you know, we always like to also try to try to turn uh, teach that um, you need to work smarter, not harder. Yes. And um, so, so having those tools in place or hiring the people to give you those tools um, to help you work smarter is is really what's going to help you grow your business and and um, you know and take the time that you need to 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 grow it as opposed to doing the things that you really don't know how to do or don't want to do. <laughs> well, and, and that was me. You know, I didn't plan on starting my business uh, for several months after I actually did. And so when I went in, I had no systems or guidelines or anything like that. And so I was exactly one of those people who I hit the three-year the three year mark and I was like, oh shit, I don't know where my money is. I don't know my my 
tax keeping or tax paying, bookkeeping was an absolute nightmare. You know, I just kind of turned all this paperwork over to the accountant, you know, at the end of the, the financial year and said, okay, figure it out. But what happened, especially this year with, you know, the, the shutdown and everything was I had a lot of time to sit there and say, oh, wait a second, something's not right. But if I had had those systems in place from the beginning, I wouldn't be where I am today, which is uh, struggling to figure out what's going on financially in my business. You know, I was seeing money coming in. Wow, I had a great month. I had a great year. And then I'm like, oh my God, I owe more and more in taxes and where's all my money going and why don't I have any savings? And so I'm one of those people who I wish I had done these things from the very beginning, which is why I wanted to do this episode because I feel like it's such a valuable portion of owning a small business and you have to do it no matter how badly you don't want to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and, and people in your position, solar entrepreneur, somebody who's just getting started, they don't think they necessarily can afford to hire somebody to get these, you know, tools in place, you know, the processes in place. But, uh, you know, it really can be affordable. You, you know, you just got to know where to look. And where and 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 know you know what what kind of budget you have, but um, you know I, I I talk to people all the time who are new in business who just just didn't know that that it was an affordable option to have these tools in place from the beginning, and it and it can be, yeah. And I I mean I had no idea that if I had done this from the beginning, I wouldn't be paying the price I am now to fix yeah. things. Right. So I'm paying a higher price now because, you know, something that had happened with me and one of my, my, my QuickBooks issue was that something had been misclassified for years. And so I was having a massive, like $75,000 discrepancy on my QuickBooks and I couldn't figure out why. And it took me a lot of time to sit down and fix it and figure it out and a lot of headaches and a lot of frustration. And if I had had someone walk me through it and taught me from day one, I wouldn't be having all of this anxiety and, and stress and frustration around it now. So right. I definitely think that's super important. So do you recommend you know, finding a bookkeeper from day one to help you set up those things? And what kind of systems do you recommend setting up from the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you, if it's not, you know, if you have the time, you're a brand new business and if you have the time and you have the knowledge, limited knowledge to track your finances, just hire somebody to get it set up properly um, and have them train you. I mean, that, that's where we, um, that's where we would recommend starting. So find somebody who, who is um, there to have the knowledge to get the tool set up properly, to get the things linked correctly, to have the um, the, the the financials flowing to, to the different um, you know platforms that you're using. Get that prop, get that set up properly, and then have them train you on how to use it. Um, and once you're you know you're comfortable with maintaining it yourself, great. And you have the time and the energy and the want to do it yourself. Wonderful. Um, or if you just you realize down the road that either you don't have the time, or um, it's in the budget to, to to hire somebody to do it for you, or um, you're you're stuck and you 
you know, screwed something up or (laughs) you've gotten into a deep hole um, and you hire somebody to fix it for you and manage it for you. But yeah, the, the, the syncing, the, the tools is what's key. And so if you are, I'll use your business as an example. So I'm sure you have a payment processing system, something like Square. Um, Stripe those things, um, and then you use a, a QuickBooks to manage the, the the income and expenses. Those tools play lovely together. They're really, really, really great finance tools that that um, link well together. But but the the tricky part is getting it set up initially right, having to map things the way um, internally to, so they flow together right. That's what can get a little tricky, and where you should maybe hire somebody to get that started for you. And then once it's started and once things are flowing, um, you know, naturally, um, maintaining it can be fairly simple. Now, as you grow and things get a little bit more complex and you start adding new tools, that's where it gets a little bit trickier. And, and maybe at that point you realize that and, and you hire somebody to manage it for you. Awesome. I know you mentioned this earlier, but why is it important to track those finances? Well, I mean... Like you said, you, you get down the road and you realize, oh, I, got, I had a good month. I, I saw that money coming in. But the next thing I know, oh, shoot, I really don't. I had to pay insurance and I had to pay a contractor and I had to pay sales tax and, and what have you. And so when, when you don't have a good grasp of your financials and know how to read a financial statement and know what revenue stream is making the most money and where to cut costs, what, what are you in business for? You know, you're, you're, you're in business to, to make a profit, to make a living, to work smarter, not harder. And if you don't have, if you don't recognize the, the financial tools that are given to you by keeping things organized using a QuickBooks or, um, you know, whatever tools you're using, um, there's really no point of being in business. You're just working to, to pay your bills. And, you're kind um, of doing a disservice to yourself too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that, I don't feel like that. That's a way to... If you're going to be a business owner, you're not, that's not the reason why. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, how am I, like you said earlier, how am I supposed to know where to grow and what to step into if I have no idea what I'm spending on color or products or advertising or marketing, and I'm currently taking a financials course for independent salon owners, and it's asking me to track my you know, how much I spent on products and how much I spent on color as two separate entities. And I'm like, I don't know because I just buy everything in a lump sum from my supplier. And now I'm realizing, oh, wait a second, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, like I said, tracking my finances, what can I cut? You know, can I spend less money on all this product or all this inventory? And can I invest that in a bookkeeper or advertising or so on and so forth? But if I don't have that awareness, then I truly feel like it controls me. You know, what you're not aware of controls you. And so now I'm like, oh, wait a second. I'm in control because I can see where my money is coming and going. And then I can make conscious decisions on where to move it or how to move it from there. That's right. So we talked about bookkeeping. You know, QuickBooks is kind of the gold standard these days for small business owners. And you and I talked before about other kind of systems that are helpful. And, you know, something that I didn't do from the very beginning was have an inventory system. Mm -hmm. So I was going to the store and buying five of one shade and one of another. And then I get back to the salon and I'm like, oh shoot, 
I have way too much of this one, and now it's just color sitting on a shelf that I can't use, and mm-hmm. I don't have enough of this one. So for me, I know inventory was a huge system that I needed to create, yeah. and I couldn't do it on my own, and that's when I hired an assistant. But knowing when to hire someone is really important. So what other kind of systems do you recommend? And you know, I know you said like payment processing with Square. I use yeah. Vigaro, which is our, our booking system, but what other kind mm-hmm. of systems do you recommend having in place? Like I said, we we serve as a whole different wide range of industries industries. So um, you know it you have to have your tools that are specific to industry. So um, you know somebody like a salon owner, yeah, inventory tracking is is important. Um, um, some sort of scheduling software, of course, um, that's a no brainer, but I have a client who, um, manages millions of, of, of items. I don't know what to call them widgets, millions at a time she's got in the store. How can you possibly track millions of widgets? It's, (laughs) it's, it's impossible. So you have to, you have to think out of the outside the box and, 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 and in this specific circumstance, she doesn't have the, the budget to, to, you know, purchase some, um, you know, high tech in inventory tracking, uh, tool yeah. for millions of widgets. Sounds so like a for her, you, yeah, it's impossible. So you have to think outside of the box, uh, and, and, and figure out a way to monetize that, that inventory. And so, um, um, coming up with different, you know, static type tools that work with, you know, what you're using day to day is what we like to do. Um, you know, and, and it's just the, it's those, those thinking outside of the box things that small business owners have to do because we don't, we don't have the budget to, to like a, you know, a corporation to, to, to be able to track those types of things. Inventory is always a tricky one, especially, uh, because QuickBooks and other um, like cloud-based systems like Wave and Zero, they don't do well with inventory tracking. Um, so there's you just have to you have to come up with other tools there. But of course, practice management, CRM, those are huge, uh, important things to invest in. Um, on top of your finance tracking, I mean, those are those are things that even as me as a business owner didn't necessarily recognize at the beginning either. And I've been doing this a long time. So I, you know, you think I would have recognized that, yeah, I need a practice manage, management uh, tool as a, as a, um, you know, service provider. I didn't think that at the beginning. And um, now would that be like, I recognize that how you're tracking your time and whatnot? Tracking. Yeah. Tracking time, tracking, uh, scheduling uh, my to do's. Right. Cause I have, um, lots of month end to do's and every month and every client has a different month end checklist, um, tracking my team's time, tracking what they're doing. Um, you know, having that good correspondence with, with them that isn't just static, that it, that, that tool is helping, uh, facilitate that. So yeah, those are some of the tools that we, you know, see every day we work with every day and yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, as you're saying this, I'm like, wait, do I have that? (laughs) And I, because I'm a business owner, I struggle to keep track of my own time and investment. Uh, And and I had an assistant who was a contractor, and so trying to track projects um, that we were doing was difficult because she wasn't in the salon with me. And so... I recently just started using Trello, which is a, a like a project management program um, 
that we can kind of keep track of deadlines and have different, you know, to-dos and different checklists for different projects that we have going on in the salon. But I didn't have that before with my previous assistant. And I think it kind of bit me in the butt because we didn't have measurable or tangible things. You know, it was like, okay, well, do this by X date. But then there was no, okay, great, this is done. We didn't have that sort of um, program or software or support that was managing our time and and what we were outputting, like social media, um, you know, we do monthly newsletters, things like that. We just, we weren't tracking it. And it was almost a disadvantage to me because I kind of ended up in this position, well, what am I paying her for? You know, yeah. I don't have anything that's that specific that I saw to be able to say, okay, yes, this was completed. Here's your task. And so I'm just now stepping into having that management like Trello. Um, and then now with my, I have a, another contractor working for me. Now she can track her time and she's a contractor, so I don't pay her hourly, but track on, on what projects she's working on and finishing. And then yeah. I can run payroll according to that. But I wasn't, I wasn't consistent in that with my previous assistant. And, um, and I think payroll is a whole nother thing. I know that uh, through Vigaro, our booking system, we have an option. And I know that if I had more stylists working under me, it'd be a lot easier to see those and automatically create those numbers and automatically send payroll through our system. But for me, getting consistent even on payroll, when I first hired my my previous assistant, I was like, oh yeah, I'll just Venmo you X amount of dollars on X day. And I was like, wait a second, I need to make sure that this is clean and, and clear and consistent and that she can get her tax paperwork and I can get my tax paperwork. And yep. But like I said, figuring out those systems along the way was a lot more difficult than if I had had them from the beginning. Sure. Well, and people use things like Venmo and Cash App and things like that because it's free. And then they're like, oh, you know, I want to I avoid the fees. I don't want her to have to pay the fees. I don't want to have to pay the fees. So I'm just going to do something that's free. Just, you know, get you paid. And then next thing you know, Venmo doesn't work with your business bank account. You're intermixing business and uh, personal mm-hmm. bank accounts, and yeah, it can get it can get messy. So yeah, and payroll is a whole uh, another ball of wax too. And whether or not to hire uh, W two employees or contractors, um, it's always a big hot topic, especially for small business owners. They think that you know if they're if they're hiring part time or per project basis, and then of course I would just hire a contractor. That why wouldn't I? Uh, what their rules are very, very strict on what you can call a contractor or an employee and how to pay them properly. That's always very, very important. Yeah, that was something that we, you know, had a long conversation about before I hired her because it was like, well, I can only have a certain expectations or project-based if you're doing this and this is how I can pay you as a 1099 contractor because you're not working consistent hours or clocking in or clocking out. It was much more like, Here's the the projects I need you to work on, and we'll pay based on that. But I know in the hair world, this is a super hot topic because a lot of salon owners want to pay stylists as contractors because the salon owner doesn't want to pay taxes on the employee. And 
it's it is illegal in the hair world to hire stylists who work on a commission based as a 1099 contractor. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important to talk to someone when you're setting up a business about payroll and how to classify employees so that you don't get in trouble down the road. And I see That's this right. on hairstylist forums literally all the time. Uh, where people are like, well, my boss has been paying me this amount, and now I found out I owe all these taxes because I was being paid as a contractor, not as an employee. Right. And so, I mean, who do you recommend to help set up a payroll system? Is it an accountant? Is it Who is it? Right. Well, it depends on your volume. Um, so if you are hiring W-2 employees and you have a good amount of employees and you have to think about things outside of um, just payroll too. So if you are hiring, um, you know, a good amount of employees, you have to pay things like um, a workers' comp and, um, you know, worry about setting up things like your withholding account and unemployment account and things like that. So there's a lot of things to consider outside of just payroll when you go to hire or not hire um, or hire W-2 as opposed to contractor. Um, and so I said volume, if you're hiring one or two employees, um, there are great cloud-based systems out there that really work well with something like QuickBooks. QuickBooks offers their own payroll service as well, which I don't recommend necessarily. They're not, they're not the best out there, but, um, you may have heard of, um, a company called Gusto. Gusto is pretty popular. Prime Pay, you know, there are, there are other Patriots, another one, they're all, you know, Decent, small scale, um, perfectly um, fine payroll services that are cloud-based that work well with um, your accounting system. And that, like I said, for for just a couple employees, once you get beyond that, I would really hire um, local experts. So there are um, great payroll services um, companies in our area. Um, or if you're not in the Raleigh area, there's going to be payroll, you know, services um, in your area. You want to be able to hire somebody to do your payroll that's touchable. So if you have an employee who works paycheck to paycheck and they are counting on that paycheck at the end of the week and something happens with payroll and they don't get it, that direct deposit doesn't come through, you need to be able to touch that payroll service that day and say, hey, I need to get my employee paid today you know, figure it out. Yeah. And um, that might be harder to do if you're um, using a large scale company um, or uh, something cloud-based where there, where you don't have a dedicated representative. So it really, like, like I said, it depends on the, the, where you are in the business, how many people you're hiring um, and, and where you, where you plan to go in the future. Yeah. And I, I really like that you mentioned hiring someone who's touchable. I, I'm a big believer in hiring local so that I, if I need to sit down with them face-to-face, that is an option. Or if I need yeah. to drop something off or pick something up, rather than having this assistant in who knows where, doing who knows what. And this kind of, you know, the topic of virtual assistance came up between another business owner and I. And I told her, I said, look, I said, I don't, I can't hire a virtual assistant because what if I need her to meet me like tomorrow to go over something? Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be working in different time zones or whatever. And so I am a big believer of you know hiring an accountant or hiring hiring a bookkeeper that is in, you know, a 60-mile radius of of Raleigh so that 
if anything were to happen, exactly I can sit down and say, hey, uh, how can we fix this today rather than uh, 15 emails and maybe figuring it out in a week. So yeah. I'm a really big believer in that. And and knowing when to hire support. I know you mentioned budgeting to hire a bookkeeper and finding someone to run your payroll. So when we talk about hiring out support, I know something that uh, I'm not good at is payroll, inventory, payment processing works automatically. But like the bookkeeping, I didn't know that I would probably be better hiring someone than trying to figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about hiring out, and I know you mentioned earlier, when do you know, what's that point where you're like, oh, maybe I should hire someone to do this, and how do I figure out my budget for it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I mentioned, working smarter, not harder. If you are spending too much time worrying about, um, you know, making that social media post for your advertising or logging into QuickBooks and, um, you know, fixing some sort of error that might have happened. Uh, at, and, and you could have better spent that time growing the business, getting one more client in that day, um, having dinner with your family. Um, those, are, those are the big red flags to, to recognize that, yeah, okay, Maybe I should find a social media manager. Maybe I should find a bookkeeper. Um, I could be definitely spending my time in, in a better fashion. Um, and then as far as, it, you know, recognizing what a budget might be for something like that, you really have to reach out to your peers. Um, ask people in your industry who um, have, you know, been doing it a little while. Ask for recommendations. Ask for, you know, just ask the questions, ask those people, what did you do when you were, um, you know, at this stage in business? Did you hire out? If you did, what were your mistakes? What would you not have done, you know, looking back? What, what worked for you and who worked for you? Um, it, you have to, you have to be able to, to have some sort of mentors or um, contacts with, within your industry to, to, to be able to uh, understand that you're first of all, if you're hiring somebody, you're not getting ripped off. Um, that you're getting what you're paid for, and um, and and let somebody else who's gone through those growing pains uh, do the legwork for you, so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah. That when I hired my assistant, I had not met another uh, independent stylist who had an administrative assist- assistant, so. I had listened to a pod, another podcast and it was talking about, you know, when to hire an assistant. And I'm listening to this podcast and it's, you know, it says, okay, make a, make a list of all the things that you're dropping the ball on. And my list got longer and longer and longer. And I was like, oh my God, I have so many things, like even client communication. Yeah. It was taking me three, four, five days to actually sit down and, and respond to a client or talk to a client. I was weeks behind on social media. I didn't have an inventory system. There were so many things that I was really struggling with because I was still working behind the chair 40 hours a week. And yeah. then I was bringing home, you know, 20, 30 more hours of work. And it kind of, I kind of gotten this, uh, 
there was no work-life balance for me because I was working all the time. And so listening to that podcast, I was like, oh crap, like now I need an assistant. But most assistants in the hair world are usually hands-on in a salon sort of assistants, not necessarily administrative or or whatever. And so that was really challenging for me because I didn't have anyone else to really talk to. And I had talked to people in my networking groups and they're like, well, we usually have someone that works in the salon, but it's different because now this person is hourly and so on and so forth. But for me, it took me acknowledging this is what I'm really good at. I'm really good at doing hair behind the chair, but I am not good at social media. I can take pictures all day long, but man, oh man, do I suck at writing captions. And it's not, when acknowledging those weaknesses, it's not like a good or a bad thing. It's just like, this is this is the truth. Like, I'm not great at these things. And it's not to punish myself, but it's like, okay, maybe I do need help. And like, what's my budget? What, what does it cost? And am I willing to let go of some control to find some freedom in my own time and life and, and whatnot? So I've moved on from my, my previous administrative assistant, and now I just have a social media manager. Mm-hmm. And she loves to write. She's a writer. She's passionate about it. And she said to me the other day, Laura, I love doing your social media because it's fun. Because mm-hmm. it's not my own business. I can have fun with writing the captions and writing the emails. And so for me, it was really important to find someone who, who enjoyed it because I don't. Yeah. And why would I want to hire someone who doesn't enjoy it, especially social media? Because you can tell sure. when you hire someone and they don't enjoy it, you can, it, it shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably just your blanket statements that you probably see in every you know salon, social media account and yeah you, you had to be able to to uh, differentiate yourself and and finding somebody who's passionate about what they're posting about yeah that makes sense yeah and I am to this point where I want to hire people who are invested in the salon and my personal yeah. growth not just yep. working for me and I think you know when when we first spoke I could truly hear how invested you are in helping small businesses succeed. Yep. And I think that's what that's what drew me to you and that's why I want, you know, I I want to be able to recommend you to other small businesses because I can tell that you're passionate about helping small businesses succeed. And those yeah. are the people that we want to hire, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why we pers- purposely don't take large-scale clients. We just, we don't, I, I feel like they're better suited somewhere else. We are here to, to really help, um, help the little guy, um, really succeed. It's the American dream, right? I mean, that's really what we, what we're passionate about. And we, um, you know, like to find partners that do the same thing. And it's tricky because, you know, that's not necessarily where the money is, Helping the little guy is 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 not necessarily going to make us billionaires, but um, that's not what we're in business to do. We're um, we really do want to help the the solo entrepreneurs, the small business, 
uh, really, really take off. And if they take off so well with our help that they, uh, that, you know, they outgrow us, so be it. We, awesome. We're, yeah, that, that's great. That's exactly what we want to see. And that happens. Um, and we're sad to see them go, but we understand that we, we, our time is better utilized helping somebody else start from scratch and, um, and, and grow and, and, you know, take some things off their plate that could help them do that. Well, and I love that because it's also like you're investing in your community and you can see that direct impact in the small businesses in, you know, Raleigh, Durham area. And I know you said you worked with businesses all over, but I love, I love that you can see that direct reflection in our community. And, you know, Raleigh is a really big city. Durham's huge, but I have realized through the networking groups that you and I are both in that it's not as big as we think it is. And that I've truly seen, seen this like beautiful framework of, of businesses supporting one another and being able to acknowledge everyone's growth and everyone's rooting for each other. That's who I want to work with. And that's really, that's really why it's really it's cool and exciting that we live where we live and work yeah. where we work because, you know, there, there are communities uh, that aren't thriving, you know, as well as, as we do here. And so um, I feel lucky that we randomly picked moving here <laughs> when we did 20 years ago, you know, it, because it really, for 20 years that we've been here, it's... Um, it's just been a booming, growing, successful area, uh, especially for small business. So um, it's a, it's exciting place to be. I love it. I've been here seven and a half years. I moved here in 2013 to go to NC State and I never left. And, you know, my fiance moved here in 2018. My dad moved here in 2019 and... Anytime people are like, why do you love Raleigh? I've lived all over. You know, I lived in different areas of Georgia, Atlanta, Athens, Charlotte, and I can't seem to leave Raleigh. Mm. (laughs) And people are like, why do you love Raleigh so much? And I always say, because there is so much for anyone. Mm -hmm. I truly feel that I have a community that supports me and there's something for everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. there's just this incredible network of people that I've met and it does, our city does support small businesses and, and, and focuses on that. And yeah, we have the big pharma companies and whatnot, but I truly feel like here is where I can be successful. And I don't know if you're into astrology, but I did my uh, astrological mapping based on my birth chart and my node for Raleigh said, you know, this is where you'll have great business ventures and be supported and, and find financial freedom. And I was like, oh, so I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And then right. I have these conversations and uh, every podcast I've done so far has been local small business owners or entrepreneurs or whatnot. And it's been really cool because it's like, oh, wait, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. These are the people I'm supposed to be having these conversations with. So I feel very fortunate that um, that we have these networking groups that I can say, you know what, I'm not really good at this. Can you do this for me? And there's 15 people saying, yes, I can, or let me recommend uh, 15 people who, who can. And let me tell you, your name comes up a lot. 
Uh, a lot. <laughs> and that, and that, and it's wonderful because that's yes, that's a it's a it's a great feeling to um, you know be referred and you know have 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 my clients you know like what we do for them and you know it's just a, that they turn around and, and refer and recommend. That's that's lovely. You know, social media can be a beast. Um, <laughs> it is it is a hard thing to manage outside of business, which is really the number one reason why I'm on it is is really for business to to find people to support to refer the people that um, I uh, that I love um, and 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 be involved in the networking groups. I mean, that's that's really why I'm on social media. The rest of it can oh, yeah. go away tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and I would be totally fine with I it. Always, I um, always say I, <laughs> if I didn't have to have it for business, I wouldn't have it at all, but I wouldn't yeah. give up my our networking groups for anything. Yeah. I just, you know, there's the occasional snippy or snarky thing that happens in them, but every day when I see these big threads, I'm like, oh, wow. These women really do love to support one another. And so... I stay for that. <laughs> I stay for yeah. I stay for the networking because I've met mm-hmm. so many incredible people. Um, you know, one of my clients is really big into networking on social media, and she has grown her business beyond her wildest imagination in the last year, uh, mm-hmm. to the point where she is now able to bring on a full time employee, um, also known as my fiance, <laughs> um, yeah. as her as her warehouse manager. And so mm-hmm. it's just been really cool to see her grow through social media and it's all through networking. You know, yeah. I see her all over there and and I'm in these groups, but I definitely think that's uh networking is not my biggest strong suit in terms of like for my business. For the podcast, yes. I, and I think a lot of it is because I do have an established clientele. It's really hard for me to take on new clients. So mm-hmm. I'll get re- you know, recommended in one of these groups, but then it's like, well, I, I can't take them on, and then I feel bad. And so, right, um, right. But it's definitely, I like picking other business owners' brains. That's really where I want to, want to network. So that's something that I definitely get to focus on. But I'm really glad that I got to have you on here today because I think, I think it's so important that people need to hear this to, to, to not wait to start doing these things, that you don't have yeah. to wait to, to work smarter. It's not five years from now, oh, I'll, I'll work smarter then. It's mm-hmm. now is the time to start doing these things so that you can clear things off your plate. You can have everything running really well in the background. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can focus on what you love to do. Right. Yeah, and we're working on a project right now for a, a business owner who um, is did just, just that. They're like, "Oh, we'll figure it out later." And uh, next thing you know, they um, you know they're in trouble with with their health insurance because if they don't have their stuff together for marketplace, um, their their health insurance will go away, and that's for their whole family. And oh no, that, that can be a mess, and you don't realize that when you're, you know eyes deep in the business and, and, and trying to make money, um, you have to think about everything. It's not just the, the sales. And, and, and you mentioned being at a place in business where you're so busy, you can't take on more uh, clients. That is a, it's a tricky place to be because you recognize there's room for growth, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> um, 
that's another reason to hire somebody who can help you scale and manage and, and what's the next step. I, I want to be able to take more clients too and, um, and, and serve more small business. Um, but yeah, there's that, that you can only work so many hours a week, a week and I can and only charge so much. And, yeah. And right, that's, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at is, um, I've reached this point where I'm like, great. And where do we go from here? And so yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely in this like little bit of a stretchy point um, where I'm still mm-hmm. figuring out in which direction I want to grow. And I'm kind of getting really clear on my vision and, and been working on my vision board the last week. And okay, what, what do I really want? Is it that I need to raise my prices or is it that I need to hire more people? And to yeah. do that, do I need to move into a bigger space? So there's a lot of, a lot of questions going through my mind of, of how to grow and then finding the right people to help me do that for sure. Right, right. And, and people don't recognize necessarily either that there's those business coaches out there who really um, focus on that scale. Um, so helping you make those uh, decisions or even just giving advice to, you know, what, what works and what doesn't in your industry, um, those people are out there. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely um, will take some recommendations for those. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. So I'm, I'm just so happy that I got to have you on here today. Um, is there anything else that you feel, anything you want to leave our listeners with um, for small business owners or entrepreneurs that you yeah. feel like is really important? You know, I get a lot of questions about um, bookkeeping. What does a bookkeeper do? How, how is it different from an accountant? And um, so I always like to try to clarify that as much as I can. So accounting, you know, as, as people know, is somebody that deals with the with finances, deals with numbers. Um, we deal with numbers. A CPA deals with numbers. Um, business consultants, anybody in the finance industry deals with numbers. Uh, what a bookkeeper does and how we separate ourselves from um, uh, maybe like a CPA firm, for example, is we deal with the day-to-day. So managing literally the, the day-to-day finances, your sales, your expenses, your payroll, your sales tax, everything you need to do day-to-day to keep your business afloat. Um, what we then provide with um, um, our services is, is those tools, those financial statements and, and other tools to help you understand the growth of the business for where the business is, where you can, um, where you can scale, where you should focus on, where you can cut costs. So we provide those tools and those same tools you then send over to an accounting firm, a CPA at the end of the year to file taxes. We purposely have decided as a company not to, to venture in the tax world. That is not something that I love to do. So <laughs> I have never ventured into that. Um, I know a lot about taxes of being an accountant for 20 years, but it's just not something that we do. So we provide the tools that then give your accountant to, to or your CPA to handle at the end of the year to file your taxes, either personal or business or both. So what um, what tends to happen a lot is somebody says, I need to hire an accountant and they fire, if I find a CPA firm or they find an accounting firm, um, which is, um, we'll handle everything for you. We'll handle your bookkeeping, we'll handle your payroll, we'll, handle, we'll do it all for you. Um, and I, I found just being in the industry as long as I have, it's really not the most cost-effective way, to be honest, um, putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. Um, is, is not necessarily wise. So I like to, necess- you know, to, 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 to 
to preach that you have to you have to do what what, what is cost effective, especially for startups and small business. And that might be to hire out, uh, you know, your bookkeeping, your payroll, your uh, CPA, um, as opposed to, to hiring one lump um, um, company. Um, it also helps too to to have multiple sets of eyes on your day-to-day stuff because, you know, errors happen, fraud happens. Um, having that checks and balances um, and having multiple eyes kind of overseeing things um, is, is, is smart and it, and it, and it could save you money too. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of accounting uh, uh, umbrella um, and, and what we do that's different than what um, an accounting firm or CPA firm does. Well, and in, in my experience, I truly feel like finding the right bookkeeper is a much more personal experience than I've had with CPAs and whatnot who sure. may not be as understanding, you know, they don't know you very well. They don't know your business. They're not really invested in you or what you're doing versus what I feel like you do is much more uh, much more like personal to each each business. And um, mm-hmm. I haven't had the best experiences with, with CPAs in the last few years. And, um, and so that's kind of where I'm looking at, okay, maybe I do get to hire someone for bookkeeping and then, and then look at who they recommend for yeah. uh, accounting and doing my taxes, because I feel like I'm going to get, like you said, a much more cost-effective, but personal experience. Um, and I like that you are able to coach a little bit and, and recommend small businesses, uh, what they can do to optimize their growth and their money and whatnot. But I definitely do feel like there is a big difference. And just in my experience, what I've seen is even talking to you to a normal, you know, a, a CPA who does taxes, it's a very different world. It's a very different world. And they, they don't really care about small businesses very much. And, and it's just, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but I'm kind of at this point, I'm like, let's just get them done and move on. <laughs> you know? Well, it, 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 and as I mentioned before, finding those those people that really help the little guys is hard. It, it is. is. It's hard because it's not, the money's not there. And so um, it it helps to be uh, in my position being in, in the in industry as long as I have. I do have those contacts that, are, that do, they're there. To, like I said, they're not they're not there to become millionaires. They're there to to help people like us grow and succeed and, 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 and handhold when necessary. <laughs> it's hard to find um, uh, any professional service, doctors, lawyers, accountants that are going to handhold. It, it, they're just, they're hard to find. But um, finding somebody like me, finding somebody who's been um, kind of enveloped in it for as long as, as, as we have, um, finding them to, 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 to recommend and refer um, is key. Awesome. So if people want to find you on social media, how would they do that? What's the best way for our listeners to reach out to you if they have questions or want to hire you or get in touch with you? So what one thing that I learned very early on in my business is that when you support small business, you are on 24 hours a day. You're on call every day. It's because small business owners are working 12 hours a day. And they only have time at night and on weekends to, you know, reply to me or, or to find me or, um, you know, do what I need them to do. So 
Um, I am, we pride ourselves on being uh, accessible. Um, we reply to emails and phone calls, which love that. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine there's people out there that don't, but there are people out there who don't. Um, so, you know, I always tell people at whatever you want to holler at me, you want to scream my name from your roof, I'll, I'll be there. But um, I am on social media at Minis Bookkeeping. My web address is uh, minisbookkeeping.com. Um, text, sell, email, messenger shout my name from the roof, whatever it's easiest for you, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've had that experience with you being very easy to communicate with. And I find myself doing the same. It's, you know, 10 a.m. on a Sunday and I'm responding to client texts. So, yeah. Awesome. Yep. You got to do what you got to do. We're there to support and we get it. We're, we're, we're not put out by that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. I really appreciate you being on here today. I think you've got a lot to add to the small business world, and I'm so glad we can make this connection so that, uh, you know, hopefully in the future we can work together some more and that I get to refer you out to everyone that uh, that needs a bookkeeper or may not know thank that you, they Laura. need a bookkeeper yet. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, hopefully they after listening to this, maybe they do. Well, I appreciate you, Laura. Thank you for providing this platform for us mm-hmm. and Uh, Thank you for having me. Of course. So thanks everyone for tuning in today. Uh, Check out our Instagram, Fringe and Flourish podcast, our website. Uh, Make sure you check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, leave a rating, and we will see you next Monday. 